Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host. And today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning with your host, Jen, who happens to be myself. And uh, you know what? I've got nothing to talk about this morning other than the Bible, so which is a great thing. So why don't we go ahead and just jump right into the Bible, because I'm really excited to actually talk about this, because as I was reading through it to research it for you guys, I actually had a pretty interesting revelation that um, I believe God gave to me to talk to you guys about. So why don't we go ahead and discuss Mark 11 verses 12 through 26 this morning. I will be reading at the W.E.B. version of the Bible. The next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came to it to see if perhaps he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Jesus told it, may no one ever eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem, and Jesus entered into the temple, and he began to throw out those who sold, and those who bought in the temple, and overthrow the money changers' tables, and the seats of those who sold the doves. He would not allow anyone to carry a container through the temple. He taught, saying to them, My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. The chief priests and the scribes heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the multitude was astonished at his teaching. When evening came, he went out of the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away from the roots. Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. For most certainly I tell you, whoever may tell this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt it in his heart, but believes what he said is happening, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I tell you, all things, whatever you pray and ask for, believing that you have received them, you shall have them. Whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your transgressions. So Jesus has just arrived in the city of Jerusalem. And you remember the other day we had a special episode on Thanksgiving with Pastor Jonathan. And we talked about Jesus's arrival into Jerusalem, where he rode on the back of a donkey. So now Jesus is in Jerusalem. And it says that um, after this whole thing with the donkey, it says that the next day he was hungry. So he saw this fig tree far away. And uh, he went up to it to see if it had figs on it. But it was not the season for figs. So Jesus curses this fig tree and says, may no one ever eat fruit from you ever again. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people wonder what the heck is happening here. And this is kind of where I think that God gave me a revelation for maybe what's going on here. So obviously, I can't believe that Jesus did not know it was not the season for figs. Since Jesus knows literally everything, 
and he knew that it was not the season for figs, the only other reasonable explanation for what he was doing here was teaching us a lesson. And he was doing it through his hunger for fruit. I am actually shocked by the amount of fruit parables that there are in the Bible. And I believe that this is one of those fruit parables, once again, that Jesus is talking about. You know, I mean, Jesus constantly is talking about bearing fruit. And what that means is having growth within yourself. And Paul goes on to talk about what the fruit of the Spirit really are. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness. And I don't know all of them, but the fruit of the Spirit is what we are striving to have. And in fact, Paul also goes on to say that you will know people by the fruit they are bearing. You will know if they are God's children or if they are not. So fruit is so important in the Bible. And once again, Jesus is showing how important fruit is. So he goes up to this fig tree being hungry and doesn't see any fruit on it. So he curses it. Even though it wasn't even the season for figs, he ends up cursing this fig tree. So what is this telling us? Well, I believe that many times we hear these preachers talk about different seasons of life that you and I have, you know. And we always like to hear about Ecclesiastes 3, where there's a season for this and a season for that. And there's so many seasons underneath the sun. We hear the word seasons all the time. And people will talk about, oh, what season of life are you in? But a lot of times they don't talk about what you can be doing in each individual season you are in. And in fact, seasons are often an excuse to not do anything. As harsh as that sounds, it's the truth. A lot of times people use, oh, well, I'm not in the season of life for that, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And yes, maybe you're not, but what can you be doing to produce fruit in whatever season you are in? Rather than using your season of life as an excuse to do nothing, what can you be doing to have fruit, to grow fruit? And this is how I believe this parable relates to us. Rather than using the season of life we're in, to, you know, say that we should, we can't do this or that during this season, like for example, uh, motherhood or uh, retirement or who knows what, we can't do it. Well, you know, Jesus cursed this fig tree because it didn't have fruit in this particular season. So to me, this is almost like an example of you need to be bearing fruit no matter what season of life you are in. Fruit should be happening if you are a child of Christ. If you want to live in the way that Jesus lived, having fruit is necessary no matter what season you are in. And that's the revelation I believe God gave me because I never thought of that before. But that word season just stuck with me. You know, that word season where it says that the figs were not in season, yet Jesus still cursed that fig tree. To me, that just sounds like so many things I hear nowadays where, you know, you need to take time for yourself during this season of life or you need to slow down during this season of life. And yeah, maybe you should, but fruit should always be a main priority if we are supposed to be walking in the way that Jesus walked. Fruit will always be a first priority. So anyway, it says that after Jesus curses this fig tree, he goes and enters into the temple and he began to throw out those who were buying and selling doves. So I could talk so much about this. So the doves 
in the temple at the time were being used as collateral for people's sins. So this was not the right way to do this. I, I've talked about this before, and we're even getting into sacrifices in the Old Testament right now and what that meant. You know, people were not supposed to use that animal's life as a haphazard way to get rid of their sins. An animal's life had meaning. You know, it, it was supposed to be sorrowful when you brought this animal to the uh, priest to sacrifice it and to say, oh my gosh, this animal is taking the place of me. That was the point of animal sacrifices. And yet it became this ridiculous thing where people were buying and selling doves and, you know, the merchants were taking advantage of the poor and just all sorts of crazy things happening. They were not understanding the meaning of sacrifice, which is interesting because Jesus was just about to be sacrificed himself. So I believe that is why Jesus is so harsh here, because in a week, he is about to be the ultimate sacrifice for people's sins. So he's telling the people like, look, you don't even understand sacrifice now. How are you going to understand when I die? You're not. And so he's throwing out all these merchants that are, you know, abusing God's law and making it difficult for the people to understand God's laws. You know, because people, here's what they would do. They would buy these doves and they would go to the priest without any forgiveness in their hearts. The priest would break the bird's neck and be like, oh, you're done. Okay, that's your sins are forgiven you. Okay, but where's the heart change in that? You know, there was no heart change. And so what, what, animal sacrifice was supposed to be. I mean, we just read in Exodus about how the priests were supposed to lay their hands on this animal to almost identify with this animal in a weird way, identify with it. And it was supposed to be a somber event where they're, you know, putting their sins practically on the life of this animal and then sacrificing that animal to take away their sins, at least until Jesus was about to do it in a week. That was the point of animal sacrifice. It was not supposed to be the way it was done here. So Jesus was not allowing any merchants to go in and out of the temple. And so then he says that he sits down and he starts teaching the people. And the people were fascinated with what Jesus was saying. So firstly, Jesus goes into the temple. He turns over all the money changers tables and uh, releases the doves. I believe he does. It says that he turned over the seats of those who sold the doves. So maybe he released the doves. I don't know. But he would not allow anyone to carry anything throughout the temple. So he wasn't allowing anybody to come in to buy or sell a dove. And so then that's when he sits down and teaches the people. And he says to them, isn't it written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. So when we think of den of robbers... <laughs> I actually went on a cave tour in Kentucky uh, last year. We went down to Kentucky for um, my anniversary with my husband. And we went on a cave tour. And one of the caves we went into was actually a cave that they believe that Jesse James had hid out in for a while. And, you know, Jesse James is the infamous American robber. And so he apparently hid out in this cave. Now, let me just tell you something. This cave was uncomfortable. It was full of who knows what. It had all sorts of animal droppings all over the place. And that's where Jesse James and his gang would hang out in. It was literally a den for thieves. And Jesus is saying, you know, my temple is supposed to be a place where everyone can come and worship. Everyone Everyone throughout any nation whatsoever can come and worship at my temple. 
but you have made it into this filthy place filled with greed and filled with uh, evil intentions pretty much. And you know, the people were shocked and amazed at Jesus's words. It says that uh, the multitude was astonished at his teaching. And it says in verse 18, the chief priests and the scribes heard what Jesus was saying. And that was when they decided we're going to kill this guy because we don't like the fact that he's taken our mojo away from us and that the people like him better than they like us. So they decided out of, you know, <laughs> the evilness in their own hearts that they were going to go and kill Jesus. So after this, it says that Jesus left and the next morning they passed by that fig tree and it was completely withered away from the roots. So Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the fig tree when he cursed it. And he's like, look, teacher, look, you know, the fig tree that you cursed, look at it over there. It's completely withered away. So then Jesus says to them, he's like, have faith in God and you're going to be able to do crazy miracles like that. And so he says, whoever may tell this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt it in his heart, but believes in what he says is happening. He shall have whatever he says. So, so many people take this verse and uh, um, skew it to believe that, you know, if we believe hard enough, we're going to get whatever we want. And that's kind of where the prosperity gospel starts coming into place and stuff. But, you know, if what are we believing in at that point? You know, if we believe hard enough, what are we believing in? Are we believing in God or are we believing in our own feelings at that point? And a lot of people get very disappointed because, you know, they apparently, quote unquote, believe hard enough and that thing doesn't end up happening. And then they get discouraged or they start doubting because Jesus said that if they believed it would happen. But the point Jesus is making is we're supposed to be believing in God not in ourselves or our own motives, but truly on God. That is the point of faith. The point of faith is to actually believe in God. So if we have any selfish motives in play, obviously that is in, not in God's will because we don't understand the ways of God and we're also doing something pretty selfishly. So, and, and there's actually a verse in James, who was actually Jesus's brother who wrote the book of James, he said that the reason our prayers aren't being answered is because we have selfish motives behind those prayers. So James warns us that we're supposed to be really focusing in, you know, God, is this right? Is this supposed to, you know, is, is this what you want for me? And at that point, if we believe and we are in line with God's will and not within our own will, and we don't believe in our feelings, but we, we believe in God at that point, that is when God blesses us and gives us those things, whatever we ask for. And obviously, since Jesus was God himself, <laughs> he could pretty much ask for whatever he wanted for, and it would be granted because he believed deeply in God and not in his own faith or his own feelings towards that thing, but believed in God. So he continues on to say in verse 24, whatever you pray for and ask for, believing you have received it, you shall have it. And whenever you stand praying, you have to forgive. So that's also part of it. So you can't have any malice in your heart towards anybody. You know, if you have somebody that is just holding you back because you're so angry at that person or, you know, they did something to you or you're holding a grudge against that person, that also 
is a selfish motive when you're praying with to God because you don't have forgiveness in your own heart, but yet you're asking for this other stuff. And Jesus says that you have to forgive that person first before you can really be in line with God's will. And then at that point, yes, your prayers will be answered. You know, you have to be in line with God's will through all of this. There can't be selfish motives behind it. There can't be the faith in faith itself or faith in feelings. There has to be a faith in God. It has to be a true faith in God. And you know, this is something that I don't know if anybody has down. I think Jesus was the only one that was really able to accomplish uh, this, what he's talking about that he's saying with like moving mountains and stuff like that. Because, you know, when we pray, we have selfish motives all the time. And I know I do. I'm not pointing any fingers. I I have selfish motives probably 99% of the time when I'm praying. <laughs> But I do believe uh, what Jesus is saying here is to strive, you know, strive for that fruit, strive to grow, strive to be in line with God's will. And if you are, and if you are doing your best to be in God's will, he will bless you for it. Just kind of what Jesus is saying here, pretty much from verses 22 all the way from verses 26, that if you pray and truly believe that you will receive. So friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode this morning. And I hope you guys really enjoyed it and liked it. This one was both really fun for me to talk about and both very difficult for me to talk about because, um, I don't know, I don't want to come across that I know it all because <laughs> I don't. But I am very thankful that God is giving me these insights to this stuff. And, you know, I um, I... I'm doing my best to teach you guys the truth and hopefully you guys are gaining something from it. And if you are, please, you know, like and share this podcast and uh, subscribe to it. You know, I had a few people ask me recently, they're like, does subscribing mean that you're paying for it? And I say, no, it does not. You are not paying for it when you subscribe to it. But subscriptions help the podcast to grow and they also notify you for whenever I have a new podcast episode out which is pretty much every single day but um but anyway you know what i have some really awesome and exciting things that i'm thinking about doing for the future both with the youtube channel and also i'm thinking about doing another podcast a saturday podcast for you guys it's gonna be a lot of work but i think it's going to be worth it and it's gonna be really really exciting but i will definitely keep you guys notified for that one that's not gonna start yet but i am looking forward to that in the future and i hope you guys are too but friends and faithful listeners as i say at the end of every single podcast episode happy listening and god bless 